This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're peeking out of the piles of laundry in episode number 142. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am really excited to be bringing you another podcast. We are going to be talking along the same lines of things that we've been covering in the last couple of episodes. We were really talking about managing the kids without a lot of help. And part of the core of being able to do that is feeling like you are able to juggle everything that life throws at you. So we talked about some things having to do, you know, with you and your children in um, episode 140 and then in episode 141 we talked a little bit about systems and how systems can really and truly help save your sanity and help make your life easier when you're trying to do much of the work of parenting by yourself or even totally by yourself. In this episode I want to talk about what do you do if you're really buried in the overwhelm. And I touched on some of these points, but I felt like it was something that could really use an entire episode devoted to it. So with that, let's jump in and talk about, uh, you know, talk about the kinds of situations that moms are facing. I've gotten questions about this from moms. A few that I've gotten recently is, Kristen, your timing with these emails is perfect because I've had a super stressful few days. My three-year-old and I got some kind of stomach bug at the end of last week and are just now feeling better today. But now I just want to clean my whole house because I feel like I'm living in filth. But I can't because someone always needs me. I have several loads of laundry sitting in baskets that need to be folded, dirty cloth diapers that need to be rinsed, bathrooms that need to be cleaned, and a three-year-old who just wants my attention and a newborn. It's just... So you get what she's saying there. Another mom said, there's so much childcare and housework that there isn't time for other things I want or need to do. She just feels like she can't figure it out. And then somebody else said, for me, the main issue is time management. I only have one child, an almost eight-month-old. And I have an almost 14-year-old stepson, but I'm truly struggling to stay afloat. I work from home part-time, but find it nearly impossible to focus on my work while keeping an eye on the baby, getting laundry and house cleaning and cooking and bills and everything else done, let alone take a second to reset or exercise or care for myself in any way. And she goes on to talk about, you know, how her husband's working a lot and she really feels like she's doing it alone. She says, I feel like a chicken with my head cut off, running around not knowing if I should shower, cook, work, do an exercise video, nap, or what. And before I know it, the baby's awake. I haven't accomplished any one task to completion. I'm always halfway through folding a basket of clothes, halfway through an email, halfway through eating a sandwich or mopping the floor. I'm becoming irritable even though I adore my little one. Somehow it's so hard just to hang out and play with her with so much on my plate. So those are just three emails that I've gotten from moms. And I'm going to bet you can relate to all three of them because... It just feels so overwhelming. And that's the place where systems can really help you. Um, But sometimes, like especially with that first email that I read, you've been sick, your kids have been sick, which is, I don't think that people realize how incredibly time-consuming it is uh, and all-consuming to have sick a sick child or sick children. It can really just take all of everything. Phoenix wasn't feeling well the other day and he wanted to be in my lap 
<coughs> excuse me, ladies, the entire time. And it's amazing how much that cuts down on what you're able to do when you've got a little one who's just pitiful and wants to be in your lap. You just, you can't do a lot. You can't um, write or do anything work-based really that needs your computer. And you can't be up and doing things around the house if your child is miserable. So it just really cuts down on what you can do. And so I thought with this episode, we would talk about what do you do to start digging yourself out of that, be it sickness, illness in your family, a crisis in your family, even a major crisis, uh, someone in your family died, or there's been some other kinds of crisis in your family that's pulled you away from maybe what was a working routine. Maybe you never had a routine. I know one of the things that I saw as a student midwife, even to the point where I, I suggested to my preceptor that we might put some books on basic housekeeping and organization on the lending library shelf in the midwifery office because there are there are women who just have no clue how to manage a household and that's not to be in any way talking down to a mom or um, or being derogatory in any way or any sort of thing like that because it's just reality as most of us are not raised today to be able to manage a home and so you may never have established anything like that. So let's talk about what, you know, what do you do? How do you, how do you handle this? Systems are the way out of overwhelm, but you have to start somewhere. So this week we're going to start with your home. Now there are other places that you could start. I've done other podcast episodes on things uh, like with childcare, teaching your toddler to have an alone time would be a good one to start with, with parenting. There are just a lot of things. And if y'all are interested, I can do some podcast episodes uh, that dive, dive more deeply into parenting systems. But we're going to talk about the house because everybody, every mom has housework unless you live, you know, with your mom or your mother-in-law or somebody and she handles everything or unless you can hire somebody But most people can't do that, or most people don't have that family resource right there on board. Or even if you are in a situation where you're living with extended family, you probably still have to do some of it. And so let's talk about that. So I have some secret weapons that I want to share with you. Secret weapons are most certainly your friends when it comes to digging yourself out of this place of overwhelm. The first secret weapon I want to introduce you to is 15 minutes. Now, I know I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, uh, and I know I've mentioned it on many podcast episodes before, but Terry Maxwell wrote a book geared towards larger um, Christian homeschooling families called Managers of Their Homes. I highly recommend the book if you're looking for a scheduling system for your family and that would fit with your worldview. But I'm gonna I'm mentioning it again because I need to give her credit for this because this is where I first learned. She's where I first learned the concept is from um, Terry Maxwell. Sorry, ladies. Uh, so Terry Maxwell, she taught me the secret weapon of 15 minutes. And you've probably heard it. A lot of decluttering or organizational books or courses will will share the same secret, which is a 15-minute period seems doable in that context of decluttering. Like, I'm looking at right now, I'm, I'm recording this in my room, and I've been paring down my children's possessions because simpli- simplifying is something we need to do right now. And so... I've got literally like a mountain of kids stuff here beside me and thinking I can work on this for 15 or 20 minutes a day. 
uh, over the next couple weeks and it's going to be gone is something that helps me to be motivated. But I want to encourage you that realizing that um, 15 minute increments are enough to make headway on a project, be it decluttering. Um, I think this the example that Terry used in her book was sewing. She enjoyed sewing. And so across the course of a school year, she listed out all the projects that she was able to get done with just basically 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day of being able to work on sewing, which doesn't seem like a lot. But over the course of the year, she was able to do several outfits and some baby clothes and that sort of thing. So 15 minutes can take something that feels really overwhelming and help bring it back under control. And sometimes... This is something that I do, especially with the kitchen, which if your kitchen is out of control, it's not the same as the mountain of kids stuff that I have here beside me where we can just be annoyed by it being in our bedroom for a couple of weeks while I work at it for 15 minutes a day. If your kitchen is out of control, you need to get it back under control, at least to a level of cleanliness, right? And if you've, you know, if you've got a, a have had a sick family you might be thinking the same about my bathroom or um, sheets and, and towels and that sort of thing. They're just icky, grody, sickness. Need to get this clean. So in that case, 15 minutes is still your secret weapon. You know, my kitchen looks like it should be in a frat house. And I've got this icky mountain of laundry. So in that case, 15 minutes is still your friend. And especially if you've been sick or if you've been operating in crisis mode where you literally kind of feel like you're walking around in a fog every day and you can't come out of it. Um, or you're trying to come out of it, but sometimes you're, it's like your brain, my brain doesn't work, Kristen. What do I do? I sit here and kind of, you know, I'm kind of sitting here staring at things and just in space because crisis and I'm just coping and what do I do? And so that's where 15 minutes is your friend as well. So 15 minutes in the kitchen, and then go do something else. Go sit uh, and nurse the baby. Read a book to your toddler. Watch a YouTube video with your toddler. <laughs> you know, go do something else for 30 minutes or so. And then come back and do another 15-minute round. With laundry, <clears throat> there's kind of a natural spacing there because you have to wait for your washing machine to get done. So you take a few minutes, load the washer, transfer to the dryer, but then... 15 minutes can be your friend again, 15 minutes folding, and then I'm going to go do something else. And actually, I would say stagger it, 10 minutes folding, five minutes to put away what you just folded, and then go do something else and come back. And if you do that a few times across the course of the day, something that looked like a mountain where I don't, I didn't think I could take care of this or get this under control becomes greatly diminished, even to the point where the kitchen is clean um, and the laundry pile is is gone by that evening or by the next day. So 15 minutes is really something that you can use and it's especially good if you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, I think that making lists is really important. This is another thing that can be so very helpful uh, if you're just in that place of that place of crisis or coping where you feel like my brain is is super foggy, I'm staring into space. I know I have these things to do. I'm, I may or may not have the desire to do them. Um, <coughs> but even if you have the desire, I don't know where to get started. <coughs> this is where a list can be helpful. Sorry, ladies, I'm on the, the tail end of a cold here, so you're hearing coughing. Um, 
And daddies, I always, Scott's always, he says to me, you always say ladies and mamas, and there might be daddies listening, so forgive me, daddies, for not, not automatically including you. But anyways, um, so making lists can help you move through chores or help you uh, break down overwhelm, and sometimes that list might be mental or even geographical. If my kitchen is disgusting, for example, I typically can can break that down um, mentally and in a geographical fashion. So the first thing that I always think to do is I'm going to collect up everything that's dirty. So I'm going to check the dining room to see if kids have left cups, to see if toddlers have dropped plates or silverware or something. I'm going to pick that stuff up and take it to the sink. And then I'm going to check the counters around the perimeter of my kitchen and pick up any serving utensils, any silverware that's been left, any cups that have been left out. I'm going to pick all that stuff up. And then the next thing that I'm going to do, and, and again, the geography is already starting to come in too because the way that my kitchen works, I like I always start at the bar because my house has a bar dividing. We have kind of an open floor plan, so there's only a bar that divides the kitchen from the main living area. So I start at the bar and then work around um, to the to the counter on the side and then to the counter that has the range and the sink and the dishwasher and everything. So, you know, I, I work my way around that counter picking up all of the dishes and everything. And then I work my way around that counter again and pick up any food that's got left out. So a, <laughs> a child left out shredded cheese or a child left out Parmesan cheese or a, a child left out um, uh, stevia sweetener or something from when they made their oatmeal this morning. So I pick up and put all those things away. And then I think purely geographically. So in my next chunk of time, I'm going to clean the bar. So I'm going to put kids stuff away or tell kids they need to come take care of it. I'm going to pick up anything else that's there. I'm going to wipe that down. Then I'm going to wipe up the side counter. Same thing. And that one has some small appliances on it like our rice cooker. So I might clean those things up. And then next thing is I'm to the range and the counter where all the dishes are. So usually my next thing is going to be um, to put dishes in the dishwasher, get the dishwasher going and hand wash anything else. Or if there's enough that it looks like another dishwasher load, uh, I'm going to set a timer to note when the dishwasher is done and reload it right away and start it again. And then I'm going to wipe down all of that area, clean the sink and that kind of thing. So that's just a way that I've done this. I've, I've, I've rescued my kitchen from overwhelm enough that that those steps are in place, but you can see how it follows an order and in that that making a list that helps remove the overwhelm because usually the biggest part of overwhelm is getting started and so you break that barrier down in two different ways one is by having a finite amount of time that you're going to work on it now some of us can get to work and you know you just really get into it and you get it done and sometimes you can't and for me I'll admit it the place that I'm at in my life right now with everything that my family's gone through and stuff I can only usually work for a finite amount of time on something like that. And then I have to give myself a break um, and come back to it in a little bit. And usually I do something totally unrelated in the break, be with my kids or do something for me uh, in that time. And then I come back to it. But if you get on a roll and it just keeps going, well, that's great because you're done. But again, what we're doing is we're breaking down those barriers to even getting started by saying, I'm going to work on this for a finite amount of time and I have a game plan. It's kind of like if you think about it in the business world, if you're coming out of the business world, you might have workflows and procedures 
that you would follow for something and you're going to literally check the box if you come from a background where you plan out projects. Think of your home like a project. You're going to say, okay, my goal is clean kitchen. And then you're going to break the project down. And I've found that when things are not, like if you have a nebulous idea that things need to get done, but they're not getting done, then it's time to sit down and plan out, okay, what exactly do I need to do? So for example, on my schedule at 1 p.m., I have a little bit of time that I have devoted to homemaking, but I realized that even though we started the school year, we're on the school schedule, that time was getting eaten up every day by other things, and I wasn't I wasn't really getting the routine things I needed to get done done, like folding laundry, and there were also other things like, you know, it's just life, phone calls that need to be made, paperwork that needs to be filled out, research that needs to be done for something like, you know, that your family's considering or whatever. So those things weren't getting done. So I literally sat down and made a list of what needs to get done. So the very first thing on that list for me is folding laundry and then phone calls. And one of the reasons that it's in that order is because much of the time I could fold laundry while on hold on the phone or like if I'm, call say my for my um, garbage collector, I have to pay that over the phone. You have to pay that invoice over the phone. Um, and so I would... Uh, I would call and just, you know, have my card handy and, and do that real quick while I'm folding laundry, you know, because I just have to pause for the one minute that I'm reading or the card number. So that, you know, I sort of think like that, but if that even feels too overwhelming to you, just make a list. And so I know every day at that time, and it's it's been helpful to me because when I hit that time on my schedule, that homemaking timer, I, I labeled it home blessing on my schedule because I just like the way that sounds. Anyways, um... You know, when I hit that time, I have that list to go through and it's like, okay, laundry, do I need to fold laundry? Yes or no? Check that box. <clears throat> do I need to make phone calls? Yes or no? Check that box. And then write down the list. And that helped me take that time that was getting eaten and that these things weren't happening and making it more intentional. And that can really help as, you know, that can help you if there's a time that you know that you need to be doing something. And it could even be, I don't think it's, don't feel embarrassed as a mom if you need to break down tasks at first. Many times they become routine. Sometimes you go through something where something that was routine feels really overwhelming. So let's say, for example, uh, if it's, it feels important to your husband that you have supper on the table at a certain time and you're having a really difficult time making that happen. That's a place that I'm well acquainted with. Um, so you actually sit down and break down, okay, what does it take to get to that point where supper's on the table? Well, of course you have to cook, but there may be other things. There may be, I'm not accounting for the fact that I need to chop vegetables. There may be other things like, I also really want to have the house tidied up a little bit. I want my toddler's face to be clean. And so you have to actually think through, what does it take to wrap up my afternoon, begin my evening, and have dinner on the table when it feels important to my husband? Because that's something I've decided that I want to do. And also there may be some things that you're going to talk with him about. Like I don't want to have to do X, Y, and Z. And worry about get, getting dinner on the table. So are you going to help with that? But some of it is going to be planning that you do. So you go through the checklist. Okay, we need to be done with snack. 
and right after afternoon snack, we need to pick up the house, and then I need to get my toddler settled in a quiet activity in the kitchen or helping me in the kitchen while I begin the meal preparation. And then once that basic preparation is done and the meal is baking or it's in the skillet or in the Instant Pot or whatever, then I'm going to make sure that my toddler's face is clean, you know, run a brush through my hair, kind of feel like, okay, I'm ready for the evening. I'm ready to greet my husband. The food will be ready when, you know, it's the time that we've decided is for dinner. So that's what I'm saying is just these lists can help you break things down. So the list helps you move through your work. And, and I mentioned the business world a few minutes ago. And what I really want to impress upon you, not, not to overwhelm you, but to give you perspective, is that really and truly when you're running a home, you are an executive running an operation. So you're a CEO of your home. And CEOs use workflows. They use procedures. They also use delegation, which is when you say something to your husband like, I don't want to wash the dishes after I've just taken care of our children all day and cooked dinner. I don't want to, I don't want to be the only one washing the dishes. What should we do about that? You know, so then you're kind of opening things up and <laughs> opening his juices up to help help delegate that solutions and, and hopefully he's going to have a solution for you. Um, but and then if you've got older children, there may be some delegation to them. But so those are things when you think about what a CEO does is they use procedures, they use delegation, they use workflows, they use planners, they use all these tools to run their enterprise and there is definitely nothing wrong with us as moms doing the same thing. Sometimes moms will ask me what about the baby um, and so that's that's one of my secret weapons too for the baby is I really think that baby carriers are a huge help when it comes to this. Uh, sometimes moms feel frustrated. I know that I as a as a mom who has been running a website for many years you know I do a lot of writing and so excuse me, ladies, again, when you feel like, okay, I'm doing a lot of writing, but I've got this baby to balance, that can be a little bit difficult. But babies and housework tend to work very well together. So putting your baby in a baby carrier while you work around the house can be a good way to keep your baby occupied and, and happy because they just enjoy riding around with you. I would suggest that you involve toddlers and preschoolers in the cleaning as much as possible. You can usually find small things for them to do, giving them a, a dust cloth or something to dust. Or, I mean, even so today at lunchtime, I, I made tacos, so I cooked ground beef, but I did a triple batch of ground beef so that I had the beef ready for, for two more meals that we'll need this week. And Corwin, my six-year-old, broke the beef for me we have like this beef breaking tool I'm one of my funny things is I really don't like ground meat that's still in clumps I like it broken really well so Scott found this meat breaking up tool that's really really wonderful it's revolutionized my life anyways <coughs> so Corwin used that to break the meat up for me while uh, I was getting other things ready for the tacos. So, you know, you can look for things that your kids uh, can help with. And there's things like shredding lettuce. Um, I'm a fan of teaching kids to cut vegetables pretty early on. Um, and uh, stirring, mixing, anything like that can be things that kids can help you with. Even So even Phoenix at two, if I go to the fridge to take out, say, a, a, a bottle of salsa, 
I can give that to him and he can carry it to the counter, which it's, it's, and it can be helpful if I'm carrying other things, but sometimes literally I take the one thing I need out of the fridge and give it to him and he carries it to the counter, but it makes him feel included. And then he's pretty content to hover around. So those are the kinds of things that you want to think about doing with your toddlers and your preschoolers is including them. Um, it can be like, if it's something that you really need to focus on that, that you might distract them with a video or something. But I, I think it's often really good to, to include them or to try and plan for a time when you know that they can be safely playing outside or something. But if you need them with you, definitely um, try and include them. But if it is something like, for example, I would not include my kids on my little kids on going through this decluttering of all these mountain of kids stuff that I have in the bedroom. Um, because I don't really want their input at this point. They had the option and chose not to take it to work on their own. And so when it comes into mom's domain, it's mom's. So if I were going to sit down and work on this, like in one fell swoop, I might put on a movie or something for them while I was doing it. So that's an option, but often including them is a good option. So let's talk about where do you start if you're in, if you feel like your, your entire house is overwhelming. So you've got your secret weapons and you know that I can do this in small increments. I can make this work. But I would recommend that you do not start with decluttering. Do not start with going through the mountain of kids stuff like I have here. Don't do that. And I already hinted at this, but the probably the first question to ask yourself is, do you know how to clean? It's okay if you don't. Um, there's a, Martha Stewart has, a, it's encyclopedic. You can probably get it from your library. Um, but Martha Stewart has a book called Martha Stewart's Homekeeping Handbook. That has a lot of really good basics about setting up your house, keeping your house clean. And just reading the basics on that can help you learn to clean, to keep your home clean, a, pot, a potential laundry system. I mean, I'm, so I'm, our, our oldest turns 18 in a couple months, less than a couple months now. Um <clears throat> probably about six weeks now, I guess. Anyways, so our oldest is turning 18. So I've been parenting for a long time. And I can tell you I've cycled through many different laundry systems, many different meal systems, many different chore systems. It doesn't necessarily matter that you keep the same system all the time. It's that you have a system that works for you right now or that you have a baseline from which to grow from. So if you need Martha to help you get started with just, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. I never learned any of this. My mom did it all. That's a place a lot of women are at. Then that can be a good baseline. First, figure out how to clean it. You can probably go to websites like basic cleaning, how to and stuff. But I just know about Martha's book because it's one I've used with um, teaching my own kids how to clean. So if you are sick, and that's the reason why everything is icky, I would recommend that you start with a good cleaner. You choose what works for you. I think right now in our home we're 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 fans we're fans of Grove um, Collective. I can put a link in the show notes um, about Grove so that you can because I've got some reviews and stuff. And we've been loyal Grove customers since they were part of the Ultimate Healthy Living Bundle many years ago. Um, and they have a variety of different natural cleaners. Right now we're loving Mrs. Meyer's Apple Cider Fall Scent. So that's what my spray cleaner is. Um, but I'm not even going to say no to you if you're like, I want to go to the store and buy a bottle of Clorox cleaner. It doesn't matter to me. You get what works for your family. 
um, but a spray cleaner that you feel confident is going to clean and clean surfaces. So um, I would recommend light switch plates, doorknobs. Just wipe those down. Probably won't take you more than five or ten minutes unless you have a really big house. And uh, wipe down the bathroom counters, the bathroom sink. Spray and wipe down toilet seats. And then wash sheets, which can feel overwhelming, but just strip the beds, put them in the wash, start a timer for the approximate length of time that your washer's going to take. If you don't know, set it for an hour and check your washer. Kind of figure out how long is my washer going to take. Transfer to the dryer. Again, set a timer for the dryer. If you need to start another load of sheets, do that at that time. And then when the dryer finishes, transfer the second load. Take those sheets and immediately make the beds or as immediately as possible. So wipe down your surfaces and change your sheets. The next place that I recommend that you go is actually your bathroom. And the reason that I recommend that is because if many moms know that sometimes we hide in the bathroom because life is overwhelming. So you've already hopefully wiped down your sink and your toilet and uh, and so this is a time to look around your bathroom. If my bathroom has gotten a little icky, I usually look around and the first thing that I do is carry all of the kids stuff out that's managed to make its way into into my bathroom. We still have a little potty for or for Phoenix in there. And so he will bring in crayons and matchbox cars and all kinds of things. So I take all of that out. Um, I look around for laundry that's gotten left around uh, for things that I may have left, like a magazine or something that I was reading and I just left it there. So just pick up stuff that doesn't belong there or that is trash or that is laundry and get it into the right place. And then again, spray down and clean surfaces, clean the toilet. Um, I would not include cleaning the tub with your bathroom. That's, that's a project for another day. So this is just basically getting your bathroom tidied and then the surfaces wiped down. And then I would recommend that you get a pretty candle or if you have a candle, put a candle in there, light the candle and let the bathroom smell nice for a little bit. But that basically you're just making your bathroom into into kind of a, it feels like a haven. And then the, I would say if you really feel like you want to, I feel good when my tub is clean. It just feels nice to me. Um, but I usually scrub the tub right before I take a shower. So I spray the tub down. I use Bonami to clean my tub. Um, put the Bonami in there and then scrub the tub down, then rinse it down, then get my shower. It doesn't, it doesn't take very long. And even if your tub, like if your tub is really grody, just plan to do your tub real quick before a shower every week for a few weeks and like work in work in stages to bring down the the layers of ick that are on your tub rather than like one huge intense cleaning session because moms just don't often have time for that but anyways so you've made your bathroom a haven now so you took care of surfaces if y'all were sick and you changed your sheets. Towels might be another thing that you want to wash if you guys have been sick. And if you've got a baby in cloth diapers and you've been sick, wash the diapers on hot. Um, but so the bathroom, then the kitchen. And again, I, I already explained my kitchen procedure, so I won't go over that again. You can probably make that fit to your kitchen or, um, you know, modify that so it fits your kitchen. But again, remember the 15-minute rule. And I would recommend that if your kitchen is way grody, and especially if you're in crisis mode, uh, there's some sort of something going on in your family, you feel like you're in this fog, please get paper plates and plastic utensils and paper napkins and paper towels and paper and plastic, disposable everything, 
and just use that for a couple days. Even if you don't use everything, you put it up in the cabinet for another time that it may be needed after that. Use that for a couple days so that you can just throw things away and you can, you know, get your kitchen under control. And next week we're going to talk about meal planning, but this may be even a time when you, you know, when you buy something like a Stouffer's lasagna or Stouffer's macaroni and cheese or um, frozen pizzas or something, frozen burritos, and you serve those because you can throw away <laughs> the baking dish that it came in and you just have minimal cleanup and then you're getting your kitchen under control. Um, and then, then the laundry. <coughs> now, with the laundry, I recommend that you do, uh, if your laundry is totally overwhelming, what you need to do to start with is figure out what is clean and what is dirty. Now, the biggest problem with laundry, I don't think for most moms that the biggest problem with laundry is getting the dirty laundry washed, though it may be. I think where most moms get overwhelmed is getting the clean laundry folded. So I recommend that when you look at your day and you're scheduling time for your chores, you actually schedule in time for you to do laundry folding, excuse me, for you to do folding. Because if you're way overwhelmed or if you do a lot of laundry every day, I don't know what your life looks like or what your family looks like. I have a large family, but I try and do laundry only once a day. Now my older kids do their own laundry, usually on the weekend. So I'm not doing theirs. Um, but I would still only try and do a load or two a day. But with, you know, with my five little ones and with adult laundry, trying to do it once a day, one load a day. Um, and some days I may do an additional load, which is whites. But if I've kept up with it, sometimes I can do only one load of whites a day and then go back to the colors the next day and just do that every few days. Anyways, but with the laundry, um, if you're trying to get caught up, I would recommend that you put a load of laundry in as soon as you get up in the morning. And again, use your timers. And then when that laundry is done, as in it's come out, out of the dryer. So when that load is done and you put in the dryer, start another load. When the first load comes out, you're going to stop what you were doing and fold at least for 15 minutes. And then you can take a break and do something else and then come back and fold again. But the goal is to fold as you go along. The other alternative that I know that some families do is they wash loads, they keep a little laundry going throughout the day, and then they fold in the afternoon, like as a group. Or mom might have something that she watches, um, something on TV or a YouTube uh, personality that you enjoy watching. I'm, I'm enjoying watching another homeschool mom talk about strategies that she uses in her homeschool. So for I might say, okay, she has a 15-minute video on how I organize my homeschool, so I'm going to sit down and watch that while I fold this basket of laundry. Um, or you could do like I shared earlier is I have a, a period of time every afternoon where I fold that one thing of laundry, um, which I actually only fold, and I'll talk about this in a second, adult laundry and um, Phoenix's and Sadie's laundry. But anyways, you know, and I try and multitask that by having a phone call on. But if I knew I didn't have any phone calls that I need to make, I might put on a YouTube video and watch, um, you know, watch this mom because I'm really enjoying her channel because that that allows me to do something that I enjoy that I probably wouldn't take time for otherwise, but I'm also getting the laundry done because, you know, how much attention does laundry really take? But that's the place where most moms get overwhelmed. So make sure that you're allocating time to fold. If your children are at all able to help with folding laundry, I would have them do that as soon as possible. So Sadie can help fold. Um, we, instead of paper towels, most of the time we use um, flower sack towels or bar mops. 
So Sadie can help fold those. Sadie can help fold washcloths. Sadie can fold hand towels. Sadie can take her socks. We have um, a cubby unit in the front room where socks go. Sadie can take her her socks and put those there. So she can help. Corwin can, I usually have Corwin fold all his laundry and put it into a little laundry basket. And then I help him put it away later. Galen and Honor can fold and put away their own laundry. So really, um, I'm only doing Phoenix's laundry and Sadie's laundry all the way, though she's still handling her socks. And she can help with other things. So have your kids start helping as soon as possible. Uh, So Sadie is four and can help in that. And I'm actually probably going to have her start actually working on folding like her bloomers and things that go under her little dresses or her jeans, things that are easier for her to fold soon. And I'll probably still handle dresses for a little bit. But as soon as possible, work on your kids and you can get them together with you. This is where a time that you fold where everybody comes together. Everybody's going to take a break from their day, fold the laundry, put it away. Many hands make light work. Um, and again, if you, you know, if you've got only a baby and a young toddler or something, you're doing it all, break it up into chunks if you need to, but keep coming back to it because that's really the monster of laundry is when it just starts piling up and then you're grabbing wrinkled things out of baskets and just everybody feels frazzled. Um, and so in setting all of these things up too, the, you know, you may realize I need systems or I need to change things up, but right now we're just getting to a baseline. And it may be that as you're folding laundry and stuff, you realize the way that we're storing my kids' clothes is really not working. And so your brain can begin to work on solutions, but you've got to get to where something has started. So after those basic, those basics, so your bathroom, the kitchen, and the laundry... Um, I would look at the family area or your children's play area next. Again, part of this is peace of mind, so you don't feel like it's just a whole bunch of kid cruft and junk and blankets and pillows and papers and stuff. Work on that. This is where 15-minute increments can help. Then I would work on your bedroom, again, because you want it to be a haven. You want it to be a place of peace. And then the dining room. And then you can look at other areas. Once you've kind of got all of that to where it's moderately under control... Then, again, like I said just a minute ago, you can start thinking we need better systems or we need to declutter or we need to do this, that, or the other. Then it's time to undertake some of those projects. And just like I shared that I've got this huge mound of kid cruft beside me right now, it may be that you realize that my kids have way too much stuff. In my house where we have so many people living The amount of stuff can just be so overwhelming. And so it's like we need to think about systems, places where people can put stuff. And if their stuff is overflowing, then it's time to think about starting to pare down. And especially with children, if they never clean up after themselves, if they just leave stuff everywhere, that stuff probably needs to go away until it's manageable for them to keep it cleaned up too. I know that outside, I'm looking out my window into my backyard right now. We worked in the the front yard today. We have a little garden shed that is actually a kid's play area at our home. And we worked on that um, a week or so ago, just getting that cleaned out. Because it was just, there was just so much stuff has accumulated over the course of having many children. It was just overwhelming. So we really worked on cleaning that out. And then this week we're working on the yards. We're going to work on the backyard. And I just look out there and there's just so much stuff. Like it's too overwhelming for my kids to clean up when it's all spread about. Which is a huge sign that we need to have less stuff because most of it just ends up scattered around and then it sits in the yard for weeks and it's not played with it's not touched it just increases my blood pressure and stress level 
It makes me embarrassed when people pull up to my house. And that's not a good thing. So, you know, it's not serving my children. It's not serving me. So that's what I want you to think about as you're getting this baseline done is what's serving my children, what's serving me. There are many different organizational methods and things. There are many different cleaning systems that you can bring online. I shared before, my favorite one is Motivated Moms. Um, I love Motivated Moms because it's forgiving too. Um, you know, if you miss a day or two, you know that those tasks are going to come back around. Um, and many of them like clipping your children's fingernails on a weekly basis so that you know that they're not going to go out with ridiculous looking fingernails at any point in time. Um, <clears throat> but those are things that you can bring online after the basics are done. But as you notice things, and one thing that helped me, like we need some home repairs done that I've noticed as we've been working on cleaning and decluttering our houses, I started a list of things that need to be done. So as time and budget allows, we can work on those. And that might help you too, as you know, you make note, really need to clean up the children's toys, really need to pare down do those things, make a list that will help take it off your mind so you can just focus on the basics. So the biggest tips that I have really are, are keep it in 15 minute increments and make lists and then just work the plan, adjust the plan if you need to. Um, but just go with those things and then work in a, in an order that makes sense, which is your bathroom. So you have somewhere where you can go and be for a minute. If you need a break during the day, just go sit in your bathroom and be calm the kitchen, getting the laundry under control, and then kind of looking at other areas in the house. So those are some things that I hope help you ladies with that. This episode has gotten pretty long, so we're going to go ahead and um, end this episode now. If you want more from me, you can head over to TrustBirth101.com. That's TrustBirth101.com. Um, you'll get information on healthy pregnancy, birth, bringing up baby, and managing motherhood. I would love to have you on the email list and keep you up to date with everything. With that, I hope that you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.